Hello and welcome to the first episode of the DMN Spotlight On podcast. It's quite simple. We take a topic, a trend, something that everyone's talking about and go through the latest developments and talk about basically what everyone out there on the internet is talking about. So uh, today's topic is ad blocking. So there's a number of, I guess, recent developments or recent initiatives on behalf of publishers and the advertising industry to um, combat or to answer to the fact that a high number or a alarming from the perspective of publishers number of readers of internet citizens are using ad blockers and therefore um, minimizing or eliminating completely the number of ads that they see. So this is a perceived as a reaction to the fact that publishers have sort of incrementally um, increased the data tracking that they are using in their ads, perhaps the um, the sort of uh, the the sheer number of ads that are being crammed onto websites and also um, the types of ads uh, that are considered to be intrusive and uh, generally slow down the, the user experience. So publishers have countered um, that A, you know, look around, the publishers aren't making a ton of money, so we have to, um, we have to be, you know, the ads pay the bills. Uh, if you are visiting the site, you like the content and would ostensibly want to support us. And, you know, some publishers may say, we've tried out subscriptions, we've tried out um, having you pay for content and that doesn't seem to work. So uh, the solution is ads and, you know, we need to make our ads more valuable to our advertisers so we need to have more data on you um, and you know we need people to click on the ads if uh, we're running a CPC campaign so we need to make them in your face because you've trained your your mind to um, ignore the the obvious places where ads run so that's the I guess the the summary of the two sides of the the argument um, and there's a lot, I think there's been a lot of uh, going into bunkers and, and, you know, on behalf of publishers and trying to um, understand what's happening, try to formulate a, a response because, you know, this can't go on. Uh, the situation is untenable where ad blockers are sort of, you know, um, pervasive and, you know, there's not, the publishers haven't yet come up with a solution. Uh, not recent news, but Wired, which obviously, uh, given the subject matter, is, has considered itself to be on top of the, the um, you know, the developments. And uh, they've rolled out a uh, somewhat simple way that you can um, subscribe to the website and uh, enjoy an ad-free experience. Now, they haven't talked publicly about just how successful, well, they have talked publicly 
publicly about uh, how successful it is. They say it's been uh, exceeded their expectations, but they haven't given any hard numbers. So we're unable to really deduce just how many of those subscriptions they've uh, sold. You know, it's the perfect argument that internally they could say, well, we sell one, we consider it a success, and they sold two. So they can say with, um, without feeling deceptive that it was a success. So we'll have to take them on their word. But on to uh, recent developments that, uh, you know, spurs uh, this podcast and podcasts like it or subsequent episodes. Um, so Digital Content Next, which is uh, sort of a, you know, one of those older new media companies that's been around for a while, uh, had a couple of iterations, but they had a uh, closed door meeting, closed door meetings in Europe and the US with uh, ad blocking vendor PageFair. We'll, we'll get into the sort of interesting dance between the ad blockers and the publishers in a second. Uh, and a number of um, a number of media partners, and uh, this this blow by blow is coming uh, from Digiday, which um, was not doesn't seem like they were there as a as a participant. This is something that DCN gave gave to Digiday as a as an article. Um, so. 25 people representing publishers, advertisers, ad agencies, industry, association, browsers, and privacy interests. So the fact that PageFair is there, the fact that publishers and ad blockers are in talks, it isn't really your quintessential, you know, two sides of an argument where they don't see eye to eye. Ad blockers are obviously saying that you know they're serving a consumer need, and you know their their public comments have never really been, and for very good reason, have never really been, you know, you don't deserve to serve ads to customers, or our our existence is is solely to deprive you of making revenue. Obviously, that wouldn't be a a very um, a, a position that would engender the publishing industry um, uh, trying to to negotiate with them if they had such a hard and fast position. Ultimately, you know, they take the approach that we're serving a market. Um, we expect for the product to evolve, and uh, you know, we want to have conversations with the publishers about what we see as being the, the consumer's uh, interest and the consumer's demands. And you see, and this is where publishers sort of get really bothered and really angry is some ad blockers are sort of, you know, ad blockers are making, it'd be one thing I think publishers would say is if these ad blockers were a good, you know, a goodwill, um, a nonprofit, a uh, you know, a consortium or something, but, you know, the ad blockers are ultimately for-profit enterprises and they're looking to make money and publishers obviously um, don't take kindly to a, a tool that deprives them of revenue but makes revenue for the tool creator themselves. But 
you know, it would be much more acrimonious if there wasn't this continual conversation between the two sides to, um, you know, to hammer out the details of, of what becomes acceptable advertising. And the, so the three, there were three specific recommendations that came out of this summit, according to Digiday. Uh, one, and this makes complete sense to me, that ad, um, beyond ad blockers, users should have tools to reject and complain about advertising, as Digiday puts in parentheses, something that provides a feedback loop as Facebook and Reddit do. So this is, you know, seems to me an eminently sensible uh, proposal. The only thing that publishers will obviously say is we don't necessarily have the, 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 the staff to handle that. I mean, it's essentially creating another customer service um, entity, I guess, or, you know, um, someone that sort of has to take that information and make decisions on it. But it seems like the publishing industry, uh, after, you know, coming out of their bunker, realized that things have to change and they sort of have to, you know, they're they're in an interesting place because, you know, I I don't have any of the recent figures and, and none of them no um, survey is going to tell you truly the the scale of ad blockers, but you know some publications that do not serve the the tech um, forward thinking early adopters, they may find that only a small percentage of of people are using ad blockers. So you don't want to uh, completely change your whole operations just to service a small percentage. But there is some sense that. You know, uh, we'll talk about this real quick. Uh, Three, which is a UK uh, or European telecom, uh, just announced today that they're going to do a 24-hour hour um, trial ad blocking uh, offer for uh, consumers. So there is this concern that you know the media controls its content, but in many instances does not control the distribution or um, the, the platform you view it on. If you think an a example, the New York Times, when it was just print, it owned, didn't own the printing plant, but the piece of paper that the New York Times came on was, you know, it was quote-unquote built by them or, or they were... You know, they controlled that distribution and, and that the platform in which you viewed it on, if you want to consider paper a platform. Now uh, you have the New York Times is basically sending content uh, through a bunch of third parties. So if you're reading it on an RSS reader, that's a third party. You're reading it on some browser. Um, the New York Times does not have its own browser. You're reading it on Chrome or Safari. And all of these distribution endpoints are looking at ad blockers because, you know, you have a choice of what browser you use. And 
if something is going very slowly, uh, you're going to blame the browser. M many people would blame the browser over the, the content distributor. So uh, long way of saying that publishers realize that something like allowing users to have the tools to reject or complain about advertising is perhaps something that they're going to have to concede to. Uh, they also called for publishers to restore a limited number of premium ads on block sites as Forbes and other publishers do by ordering, offering a ad-like experience. And then third, they call for publishers and advertisers to commit to a max page load time. Um, and DigiNA says this is already happening with individual publishers and Google with its accelerated mobile pages. So this gives us a nice uh, transition to talk about the New York, uh, sorry, not the New York, New York Magazine, uh, which is sort of taking the offensive, which is an odd, you know, um, an odd position to be in, but uh, are penalizing advertisers for data hogging ads. So this is another Digiday um, piece. Obviously, Digiday is well on top of uh, this, how ad blocking, how technology is impacting publishers. So uh, New York Mag is, according to Digiday and in their parlance, getting real with its advertisers, telling them that the website cannot guarantee viewability of their ads if they, are, um, if they don't consume less data. So what that means is, um, let me just put it in the words of, of Ron Stokes, who's the executive director of Client Advertising Solutions. The advertiser provides creative that does not load in a certain time, then there cannot be viewability conversations. So that's another side of this. And, you know, you really kind of look at it as there are three major players here. You could probably argue there are more. Let's say there are four. Uh, there's the ad blockers, there's the publishers, there's the advertisers, and then you know, there's the sort of distribution points. There's also the consumers, but we'll leave them out of it for a second. And for the most part, it seems like the conversation is framed in, um, there are uh, the, the publishers and the advertisers are on the same side uh, against the ad blockers, but in reality, you know, publishers have their their issues with advertisers. The publishers are 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 putting a lot of this data tracking on uh, because that's what the advertisers are are asking for. And yes, the publishers sometimes can use that information themselves to learn more about their audience, but the publishers can often feel like they're in the middle here and the ad blockers are penalizing the publishers for the sins of the advertiser. So New York Magazine is kind of saying, well, you know, this isn't our fault. Um, you know, 
and uh, you you know we can't promise you what we promise you uh, if you continue to serve up ads that are slowing down load time uh, because it's a bad user experience and you know you we have to be in this together and Digiday says one top publishing source who didn't want to be named said many publishers are looking to third-party monitors to get a handle on ad size if ads are not within spec the specs required then guarantees are off they audit audit us we audit them says the source so this is you know somewhat new in that you know publishers have forever made concessions to advertisers because you know the the thought goes in as much as publishers make try to make the strong case that you're advertising with us because you believe our audience um you know is the exact audience you want to target the reality is that uh sometimes advertisers are less either advertisers realize and publishers realize as well that there are competitors that likewise can serve up that audience so it's not a zero-sum game it's not like any publisher has the monopoly on a very specific target audience uh, or the advertisers care uh, sometimes care less about you know necessarily the specific targeting or the specific subject matter of the publisher they need to get those ads um, especially if you're talking about media buying firms, they need to fulfill that inventory and, you know, they may go wherever someone will give them that guarantee. So publishers, you know, you're, you're going to sense, you're going to see a lot of publishers within the sort of the limits of the law banding together. And this is where industry trade groups come into play and, uh, groups like the IAB band together to try and come up with some sort of standards or protocol or something they can all sign to. So it isn't, you know, a, a, a war, not a war of attrition, but a, a war of having to um, make concession after concession that will ultimately just push more users to use ad readers to use ad blockers because they have to do what it takes to get those advertisers business so you know if i were to sum it up the major players in this space including the ad blockers who realize that you know publishers are going to continue it, it's a war between the publishers and the ad blockers and one will make a move the other will counter etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, it's really reached that point where everyone is coming together to find solutions. So in that regard, the consumers have won. Question is, and this is the one that I personally think some publishers are deluding themselves, is there's this presupposing that every person using an ad blocker ultimately wants to reward the publishers for their content through some data, through exposure. Uh, it's just that the publishers and their advertisers have acted negligently in asking for too much data, for giving too much exposure to um, 
hogging up the you know the load time through serving ads so there is this belief that I think bears more exploration that once we solve all this and once we get ourselves back uh, back to sensible measures that ad blockers will go away or um, you know people will whitelist the good ads or all these things will come back and I don't doubt that there are people that are currently using ad blockers that take that approach that it's a temporary thing or you know that they whitelist um, and if you don't know what whitelist means in this particular regard that you can individually turn off ad blocker for certain sites depending on the ad blocker you're using but it's pretty much a, a standard so uh, these people do exist my concern or the question that I don't know people are taking seriously enough is just what percentage of those people do not take the approach you know the content wants to be freed crowd that does not feel it needs to compensate uh, the media for their content even though with no subscription and with no ad blocker they're not making that person is not paying for anything that company is not making anything off that user um, so those people exist as well how many I'm not sure but if it's a not insignificant number then the publishers may find they do all these things they make these concessions they limit themselves and then find out that there's still people who have decided that under no circumstances do they want to be served ads from publishers. That happens. Uh, we'll see what happens. But if that happens, we'll see what happens. We'll see if I can end that a little bit differently. If, if that's what occurs, then the publishers are going to have to either go back to the drawing board or there isn't necessarily an easy solution for readers that not only don't feel they need to compensate those publications for their work, but actually take pride in the fact that they're denying those publications um, money. And it's one thing if, you know, they're quote unquote hate reading a publication or, or they're reading an article um, on a publication that they don't normally visit and don't feel an affinity for. This could even be true for publications that they do feel an affinity for. So what I've understood, this is more so anecdotal than having a specific stat in front of me, is it seems like the publishers that have made the open appeal, like, hey, whitelist us, with or without saying what they're doing about the ad intrusiveness, that those those entities have not been incredibly successful. Maybe they've gotten a couple of people to say, yeah, you know what, I'm going to whitelist this publication. But it hasn't had the banking on people's affinity for individual sites has not been as successful as perhaps those sites would have liked it to be. So what's, what's on the horizon? You know, I expect that there will be a much more comprehensive 
uh, industry, comprehensive and, and uniform industry solution that goes to the ad blockers and the public as to what they're doing and what should be um, considered. And uh, we'll see what, what, what the reaction to that is from the, the public. But it's definitely not something that's going away. It's something we'll continue to cover here at DMN. But hopefully this was a valuable podcast for you. Um, we will be doing a couple of these every couple of weeks. Um, not a set schedule per se, but when we feel like something has reached a, a point where there's enough to talk about it, you know, we aim for these podcasts to get you from A to Z on a particular topic and recent news. So hopefully we did that today and we'll see you back here the next time. Thanks.